0: Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to this edition of Veterans Corner Radio, information for and about veterans. On this podcast, host Bill Hodges sits down with Julianne Holt, the public defender for Judicial District 13 in Hillsborough County, Florida. With over 120 assistant public defenders, Julianne would have one of the largest law offices in Tampa if this were a private practice. Many of our veterans come into conflict with the law, and when they do, her office is there to help them. She works seamlessly with our Veterans Treatment Court and provides excellent service to our comrades that have strayed. Stick around to hear her compelling story. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges.
1: Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner. And with every Veterans Corner, I ask you to do two things. One, if there's anyone with you, have them come and listen to the broadcast also, because there's so much that we give out that it's real hard for one person to catch it all. So if you got somebody with you, bring them out. Second, get a pencil and paper, because there are going to be things you'll want to write down. So those two things are important. And the third thing that I have that's very important is a longtime friend, Julianne Holt, who happens to be the public defender for the 13th Judicial Circuit for the Courts. I'm just so excited to have you on the air with me. We've been going probably about 15 years yes, off and have. on with broadcasts.
2: Yes, we have. It's wonderful to see you again, and I hope the holidays were great.
1: Well, this is a little different than the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> we, yes, we don't I don't have, have to worry about how I look. Get, yeah, we don't have to get all dressed <laughs> up and everything to do that. But you have a fantastic office in the Public Defender's Office. And you know, I have a friend up in Cincinnati that's been in the public defender's office. I think he just retired. But he said, Bill, you want to talk about bad jobs? Every Monday morning, I start out in the drunk tank. <laughs> and he said, no, I don't drink. That's pretty funny. (laughs) So you have a large office. I wasn't aware until we did one of the other shows. How many people do you have in your office? I have 120
2: attorneys and 100 support staff. That includes investigators and social services coordinators. And then, of course, an IT department, an HR department, a finance department. But 120 boots-on-the-ground lawyers every single day.
1: I never, ever got the feeling that the public defender's office was that large.
2: Well, when I first started, they only had 165 uh, employees, but now we're up to 220. And, and frankly, that's that's really been good in the terms of growth because now we have reasonable caseloads. The lawyers have more time to prepare their cases. And so the idea of having too many cases is really something that is now not really true. We've been able to, to hire enough attorneys to where we've balanced things out. The area that's probably one of the toughest areas is in the area of the homicides, because we've had some some violent crimes over the last two to three years. But even our death penalty cases that we're handling have gotten to where we we almost have them under control. And what that means is, you know, that we're able to, to put the time into the case and you're seeing the cases resolve sooner than than what they were. You know, five or six years to resolve a, a case is, is a little bit long for everybody involved.
1: It is. And It's expensive. The death penalty, yes. Whether whether you're in it and you're paying for your own attorney or the county's paying for it, it's still expensive.
2: It is. It is. My due process budget is right at about $1.2 million. And, and this year, I actually got about $400,000 more in order to handle the death penalty, the work that we have. I'm very fortunate that I'm in one of those jurisdictions where between the county and the state, our funding is sufficient to where we can really handle cases in a timely fashion. And we can do hire all the experts that we need to, to, to make sure that the cases are being prepared properly and tried properly.
1: How long have you been at this? I'm finishing up my 27th year. And yet you look like a teenager.
2: That's amazing (laughs) to me. Other than
1: the gray hair, I'm doing good. (laughs) Obviously. Well, that might be tinted. You never know in today's world. In fact, I think in Massachusetts, they took the hair color of women off of the driver's license because it was confusing the officers. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Tell me, what happens with one of our vets who falls into problems? You know, we've got Veterans Court. But Judge Shante, and that's the most fabulous thing. We went down there and actually were a part of it and saw it and saw how it's going. And in fact, Judge Shante's court is now becoming a model for the new federal legislation across the nation.
2: It's, it's a wonderful courtroom. It's a, it's a great model. I think we, we set it up correctly. We started off small. We made sure that we worked out all the kinks. And we have grown uh, over the last several years. And, and now we're able to serve. We've, we're on about 370-some-odd veterans that we've been able to serve. If you're arrested and you are identified right at the booking uh stage that you're a veteran, our office and or a private attorney are going to be in contact with you in order to engage you and immediately talk to you about how Veterans Court works because it's a treatment based court, obviously, but there's a huge benefit of going into that court. Not only are you going to get services that are provided to you, but if at the end of it all you have accomplished and met all the terms and conditions of that courtroom, your charges are, are dismissed. And that that is something that That's is very significant.
1: Than yeah, because then it doesn't become a matter of record. Well, you
2: know, you still have the arrest, but you, depending on the charge, you may be able to get the record sealed or expunged. But it's different from from the what they call the the standard divisions, because in a standard division, if you're if you're arrested and you don't have the uh, honorable discharge, and if you're not a vet and you're not qualifying for this this particular courtroom, then what happens to you is you have to go through the process. And if you enter a plea, you're put on probation and your charges are not dismissed. The only way you end up with a dismissal or a finding them not guilty is if you have either some type of legal challenge. But the status of a veteran is a significant benefit. And you know, a lot of people have wondered why we've done that. But uh, the legislature has been very clear that they feel that a lot of the, the the situations that our veterans find themselves in are directly related to their service. And it's it's a coming upon us as a country and as a community to take care of our veterans and to ensure that they aren't punished for something that can be directly related to their military service.
1: Right now, I've watched some of my buddies have served seven and eight tours over in a combat zone. And that's that's really hard on a vet. Well, you know, people for a long
2: time, people didn't believe that there was uh, post-traumatic syndrome. They just, they just, that's they didn't right. believe yeah. it. It's, and it's, it was, you know, people would say, oh, that's a technicality or you're just, and now the reality of it is, is yes, it does exist and it's for real. And you can, you can see the differences in people who have gone and who have served and, and have been in combat. You can, you can see the changes and it's not that they're not strong individuals. It's that, you know, consistent trauma builds up and consistent trauma builds down your strength and breaks down your strengths. And a lot of times if you, you can't bring that home to your family. It's what they even say that lawyers that handle criminal justice types right. of cases even suffer from PTSD. And they say it's because it's a trauma and it's something that you can't discuss. You have an attorney client privilege. You can't go home and discuss it with your family. <laughs> you can't I never
1: thought of that. That's right. true. You can't take your job home with you.
2: You don't. And so that, that means that you yourself have to find a way to find a healthy way of handling these types of cases. And it's the same thing for, for our vets. They really need to have an opportunity to have someone assist them in, in, getting them back into the lifestyle that they had before they went into into these
1: types of situations well you know world war ii and things of that nation even korea somebody went over they served and within a period of time up to maybe even four years they came home right and they didn't come home go back come home go back and you know with ptsd what i'm finding is here you have somebody who's sent to kabul and in kabul they are looking at every trash can every kid Every ball, anything that rolls in the street as being something that could kill them. Correct. They come home for a year and all of a sudden people are saying, what? There's nothing. That's a trash can. That kid's not dangerous. And then they go back again six and seven times. Right. Flip back, flip back. And I don't care how strong you are. That has to take a part of you away. Well, you have to engage in, in
2: a military combat type of mindset, and then you have to come home and you have to undo that mindset. And so you're consistently trying to change really who you are and how you're holding yourself out and how you're thinking. And the battle the battle in the combat zone, that's that's for real. And what a lot of people don't realize is that it's not that easy to just put it behind you either. It's not that easy to just compartmentalize. It is something that's that's at the forefront. And you it's not that you're not a strong person. What it is is you just have got to find a way to learn how to live the life here in this in the United States differently than the life that you've been living in, in Afghanistan or anywhere else that you might have been.
1: And I suspect your lawyers run into this in many different manifestations. They really do. It's not do. necessarily somebody blowing up something or getting mad and hitting somebody, but there's a lot of manifestations of the PTSD that your lawyers have to deal with.
2: You know, a lot of times the a lot of times just uh, the way the the manner in which you are having a conversation with someone, the the little things that they might be saying will make you realize that that they're really hurting. And quite often our fear obviously is the suicidal ideations that that start to exist because that's really something that's very calm. It's not really talked about a whole lot. But you have to try and, and make sure that you know your client well, that you talk to them well, that you really understand what their life is. And as you know, uh, the, the, one of the best things of our veterans uh, court is, number one, that the judge has served himself in in the military, obviously, and has in, been in combat In Afghanistan. Zones. And then that we have a volunteer mentor system oh. that... And for me, in my office, I have a case manager that served in the military, and, and that has made a significant difference because you can actually identify with someone. And again, I have to be careful with all of their uh, mental health well-being True. because True. they will bring True. on to their own lives uh, a lot of the situations that exist. Because these, these are folks that are coming back. They have families. They have children. They're trying to make their life a success again. And you know, you're trying to help them, and you're talking about legal help versus, of course, what we call mental well-being. And so I'm very conscientious of that. I, I stay in touch with my, uh, my, my folks that are in that courtroom, touch base with them a lot, because whenever there's a tragedy, you can tell that it really affects them.
1: For those that tuned in late, I want you to be aware that you're listening to Julianne Holt. She's the public defender for the 13th Judicial Circuit and has been in that office for 27 years now. She really knows what's going on within the courts. And it's exciting to have you still in control of this and seeing the changes that you're seeing with Chad Cronister coming up with the new pod system right. to put the vets in a separate area than all the other hardened criminals. And also with the Veterans Court. These are things that. You would have liked to have seen ten years ago, I bet.
2: Absolutely, it's it's wonderful to have uh, leaders now that really embrace uh, the holistic approach of how we should handle the criminal justice system. I can't say enough good things about the the sheriff because he he has really he has really embraced the fact that mental illness is something that is for real and exists, and he is doing everything that he can. While he has people in his care, in his custody, to try and and help them in this particular area, he's the medication aspect of it, mental health counselors. I mean, he is going way above and beyond. And, you know, it would be wrong for me to sit here and not give a shout out to to our Board of County Commission that has been tremendously supportive of of us. As you know, Commissioner Merman has has been one of my uh, champions in the area of mental health for a long, long time. She's done a lot of great things for us in the mental health area for our office and in the juvenile area which as you know is near and dear to my heart obviously because we have so many youth that are finding themselves in in the criminal justice system
1: as it turns out uh, later on this month i'm recording a, a one of my television shows spotlight on government with uh sandy merman sandy again like yourself has been coming on the show for a long long time since she was in the state legislature
2: well, and, and since she was in the legislature, you know, she has championed children and she's championed the area of mental health. And and that is something that she brought back home. And the sheriff and I have been tremendous beneficiaries of that.
1: If I have a vet sitting out there or the parents of a vet and we're running out of time, but if one of them is sitting out there and maybe they committed a crime, they're a little bit worried, they might get caught and they want to talk to somebody. Is there a way that somebody if they don't have the money, can come and talk to your office?
2: Absolutely. I'll, I'll give you my direct phone number, 813-307-4000. You
1: and she will answer that, by <laughs> the way. Let me give it to you again, 813 307 And this is one of the people who will answer their phone, not somebody else screening. She'll do it herself. That's absolutely
2: correct. And and more importantly, when we are talking to you, it's about giving you the right direction and sending you in the right direction, not only for the criminal part of, of life, the criminal justice part, but also for the services that you need. We're going to help you engage with the right services.
1: And, and, you know, there's the old thing, and I want to clarify that to a lot of people, the old thing, if you don't pay for an attorney, you don't have the client privilege. That's not true at all. As soon as you start talking with an attorney and say, I want you to be my attorney, that privilege kicks in, correct?
2: Absolutely. And more importantly, if you have a penny, I'll just probably say something to you like, let me go ahead and hold that penny. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, because the relationship is built on confidences. It and, is. And you don't have to be arrested to, to talk to us. And we're in the business of helping the community as, as an agency here who has the type of leadership that we've put in place for the last 27 years. It's my job to help the community improve its quality of life. And that includes everybody that lives here.
1: Julianne Holt, you do a fabulous job as public defender. I hope you'll be there for many, many more years. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bill Hodges. This has been Veterans Corner. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often, you know, because you are. Again, Julianne, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Bill.
0: You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Here's a quick final thought. If you're enjoying these podcasts, why not take a minute to subscribe or mark Veterans Corner Radio as a favorite. It's easy, and you'll be set to be among the first to find out when new podcasts are published. And thanks again for listening to Veterans Corner Radio.